It is Tuesday, October 12th, 2021. This is the KOLL Week 5 Review Show. Welcome into the podcast. As always, I am your host, Stefan Siggs. Today, we are going to break down Week Five's action with our friends Blake Bottles and Tony Romo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. We're going to break down the Week Five action. We're going to do a little team rankings and we're going to discuss the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. Fortunately for me, I don't have to do all the talking to myself this week, so we're going to kick it over to that trio conversation right about now. Into the podcast, the top 12 KOLL expert. This is Blake Bottles. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're just going to hang out here a little bit as we await Tony's arrival on the podcast. First and foremost, though, week five is in the books. I mean, can't argue with some good football. Am I right? You are right. You, when you're right, you're right. I mean, that, uh, that Chargers and Browns game was absolutely wild. Uh, really capped off Sunday's early action. And then last night, Lamar Jackson just went absolutely nuclear in the second half. Unbelievable performance, just willing the Ravens to a victory for the second week in a row. Unreal. It was really a tale of two halves, and obviously I had some stock in the game. Um, very disappointing, especially when you uh, can't kick a field goal. Um but, yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson, I've, uh, you know, been a little critical of him, and I guess we'll get into that later. But uh, he definitely uh, he definitely had, a, had himself a game. Welcome also to the podcast, Tony Romo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. Welcome <laughs> back to the podcast as well. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll start uh, off by we... apologizing if my dog's making too much noise. She's pretty <laughs> about the Melonheads performance this weekend. So <laughs> Can't rock there's well, well, you brought it up, so let's get right into the action. And we'll start with the biggest game of the week. The Melonheads fall to the Oracle, 71.66 to 120.46. Um, just a note, the Melonheads were the uh, – let me get the numbers here. The Melonheads finished 64 points under projection, which is – Thoroughly impressive. Um, let's let's start off with uh, the Melonheads' best friend, Tony Romo Arigato, Mr. <laughs> Roboto. Talk to me a little bit about the Melonheads' performance this week. I mean, it comes down to the running back play. And not that I think that they have two stud running backs, but you're looking at two guys that are constantly – 
the the experts are saying should be getting double digit points. And once again, I think this is the third time this year the Melonheads are under five points with their running backs. It's it's crazy. Um, and I'm at a loss. They have J.K. J. K. Dobbins next year, but when it comes to the starters, I mean, they've been horrible. And that that was a big uh, big problem with the game. And then Elijah Moore, obviously, providing a a big old zero didn't help the cause. But but the Melonheads have had problems throughout the whole year. Uh, certainly. Well, I can I can say for sure that the number twelve expert in the KOLL definitely is expecting uh, more touches from those running backs um, that, I mean, but that um, they are, you know, Singletary, is he the starting running back for the bills? Does it even really matter? Honestly, in the grand scheme of things, just with how much they throw the ball. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, then, he's as far as, as far as uh, split sets go, I feel like the melon heads are, having some problems because if you look at a Tony Pollard or if you look at some of the other teams, I mean, these, they're getting the short end of the stick right now with Singletary and Hines. I mean, these guys aren't getting the ball at all. And then Elijah Moore, I, I don't know how to explain that one. He got one ball thrown at him the whole game, but yeah. And Chenault's in the same boat. I mean, he was supposed to get 14.6 points. He had a huge game on Thursday night he was hardly looked at. I don't know. Someone on the melon heads pissed somebody off because their guys are not getting touches right now. <laughs> I, I'm totally with you on the Chenault thing. I don't know what happened. He caught one ball and just by himself went for 58 yards, just breaking tackles, and then didn't see another target the rest of the game. I'm shocked. Highest scoring player for the melon heads was Dalton Schultz, which just goes, I mean, that's, that's pretty uh, as deep as it goes yeah. for uh, explaining why the Melonheads uh, racked up just 71 points this week. And on the other side, the Oracle, is that the best game the Oracle's had this season? It is. Uh, first time breaking 100. Um, and it's interesting. So last week um, I did the math and the week before the Melonheads, I did the math and the Oracle played Devontae's Inferno. Devontae's Inferno put up 130. If the Oracle had optimized his lineup, so about like 90 to 100%, he would have gotten a win. And I don't, I'm not saying that to say that he had a chance because optimizing your lineup is a, it's a science that I don't know the answer to. Neither does the Oracle's owner. Um, so that's just not probable. But that was the first time that that could be said so all the other weeks the bench and everybody else was putting up virtually nothing um and the oracle um is starting to come on and that 120 you know um i think we can come to that was the first time breaking 100 and i think we could come to expect that every week and as we see uh you know unfortunately it's the nfl it's the it's a contact sport we're going to get injuries um, there's a lot of good young backups on this team that might get some starting playing time, and uh, they might play spoiler later in the season. Yeah, I am in agreement. I can say that while these two teams just on paper clearly have the, the weakest lineups for this current season, they also could each blow up any week and any given Sunday they could pull out a victory. And, I mean, the Oracle – Got it done this weekend. Hey, we're going to see him climb out of the, the the number 12 spot in the power rankings this week, I'm sure. 
Um, the next game that we'll talk about is Forever on Clean. Finishes with the second highest scoring team this week, defeating the Atlians 204 to 147. These are your two favorite teams in the league. I know this. Uh, let's start with Tony here. Let, tell me about the Atlians. Well, they better get ready because next week's a rivalry game against the Melonheads. I heard the Melonheads are uh, looking to beat them next week. But uh, in all seriousness, the problem with the Atlians, we talked about it the last time, is, you know, what's going on with uh, Miles Sanders? Can you get the touches from Pollard? And obviously he played a guy that wasn't even going to play in Carson. So those were the biggest problems this week. Um, I think going forward, It'll be interesting to see the Winston versus Hertz dynamic because I, I would personally start Jameis Winston. I trust him a little bit more than Hertz, um, but that's just me. I think as far as the forever and clean goes, something going forward is uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hitting the IR. That's a tough break. Uh, they've been hitting up huge points i think they've been like top four the last three weeks and have gone one and two so to see edwards lair go down is uh is a tough break because they don't really have a great option to come in for him um the best one is probably michael carter but he's kind of hit or miss how many points he gets weekend week yeah back-to-back weeks michael carter had a uh, yardage in the 30s but did save the day with a touchdown um there is a lot of potential there but i mean the jets need to come out and play a whole lot better than they did just past week that's for sure Uh, honestly the way the falcons played they should have won that game but uh you know it's the jets uh tough outing forever on clean maybe it's time to give up on robbie anderson uh any opinions there from you blake bottles on robbie anderson yeah, um, I, I think Robbie Anderson is just a uh, um, a theme of other just disappointing kind of uh, depth if, when you look down the roster. Um, you know, I, I, Robbie, the, the Panthers, I, I'm high on the Panthers offense, and I know you were up high on the Panthers offense. I think there's going to be some growing pains. Um, I, I think eventually they're going to make adjustments out of it. It could just be a tough stretch of the schedule. It could be teams are kind of figuring out what they did the first few weeks, but either way you spin it, Robbie Anderson's just not getting the looks. He's not getting the points pretty much all year. Um, I, I think forever unclean, um, you know, it would be in his best interest to, you know, upgrade some of those, uh, some of those wide receiver spots. There's not too much going on on the bench. Um, so I, I think he might have to seek a trade eventually to kind of remedy some of his problems. Yeah, I'm wondering, and I know that you two both have your opinions on Forever on Cleans and his uh, lack of of ch- willingness to trade. Um, maybe he's shying away from it a little bit because he wishes he still had Marquise Brown on his team instead of uh, Robbie Anderson. I, I'm just throwing that out there. He did make a trade, and it uh, it's blown up in his face maybe a little bit. No, I agree. I mean, the one – the one take I would give with Robbie Anderson is if it's not going to work with Josh or uh, Sam Darnold, it's not going to work. It's not going to work anywhere. I mean, these guys, he's got the best relationship with him than he's got with any other quarterback in the NFL. So this is the perfect situation for those two guys to connect. They had the Jets connection. So if it's not working now, I, I don't see a good outlook going forward for him. 
Yeah, his role just completely changed from what he was doing last year. He's back more to his uh, Jets days roles, and it's uh, showing up about the same with Sam Darnold. Real quick note for Everon Clean, Justin Herbert was the highest scoring player on the week, 52.82 points. Uh, we're going to talk about him a little bit later. Is this the best quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to argue against that. Um I was a huge fan of his, I think it was like in, yeah, 2019. Um, and, you know, we talked about this before. He decided to stay a year. He wanted to get his degree. He had like a 4.3 GPA biology major. He was a tutor. Uh, the guys, I mean, he's just incredibly smart. He has all the intangibles. He has a rocket arm. He's fast. Uh um, I, I think maybe it's pre, too premature to say that he's the best, but I think he's top three. I think he's right up there with uh, Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. Um, I guess Car- Kyler Murray I kind of forgot about. Um, I think those are kind of the big four. Um, and Justin Herbert, I mean, the only thing he has against him right now is time. And we haven't seen enough of him, but I think he's going to prove that over the course of the next year or so. And I fully expect him to be the number one quarterback in short time. Okay, yeah, I agree with I will add one thing with Herbert. I agree. I think he's got the trajectory on the best quarterback, but I don't see him there right now. Um I mean honestly the ones uh that were mentioned, but but also Tom Brady. I mean Tom Brady right now looks like he's gonna be the MVP of the NFL. I mean, he's playing unbelievable. So I think I would still take him if it was one game at one time. I still rank Brady higher than him. Fair enough. And we will get into that later. We do have a little quarterback breakdown I want to do a little later. So we'll talk about that. Um, But for now, we're going to move along. What was the other one? Uh, Team Thick Dicks, the highest scoring team this week, 213 points, defeats Austin 316, who had 138. Uh, I'm not going to divulge too much into – Austin 316's start-sit decisions, uh, but we will talk about the thick dicks. I mean, we, we, we started this segment talking about Lamar Jackson, and we're going to start this part of the segment talking about Lamar Jackson. 49.88 points. I mean, Lamar Jackson in the second half yesterday, 37 of 43 passing, 442 and four touchdowns. Unbelievable second half just going nuclear yesterday by Lamar Jackson. Yeah, okay. It was it was shocking. It was shocking in a way because I think in the first half he just looked so he didn't look very good and then in the second half he had the big play, uh the big pass and a couple more that that got him back into the game and uh it, it's interesting with Jackson because he's sometimes the tail of two quarterbacks. Yeah, um, somebody else the Thick Dick seems to be getting quite a bit of points from this year is a guy he nicknamed I Would Mow Mike's Jing- Ginger Pubes. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Williams. I don't get the reference, but Mike Williams, 38.5 points, 165 yards, 16 targets, and two 40-yard touchdowns. He is just growing up before our eyes this year with Herbert. What a connection. Woo, doggy. 
I mean, he's big, he's huge, he's fast, and he, he just finds a way to the end zone. Made up for DJ Moore's lack of production this week. What do you think about Mike Williams? I just talked about Justin Herbert. Is this the best wide receiver in the NFL? I, I wouldn't go that far, but, um, I mean, he's so good. Um, him coming out of college, and it's interesting because there's so many, like you look at Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase this year, there's so many wide receivers that just explode onto the scene that we take it for granted. But And we're, we're I think, like, we're, we're so easy to throw guys off that might struggle. But he was, I believe, the number seventh pick in the draft a few years ago. And I think, you know, through the offense, Phillip Rivers, um, you know, uh, it wasn't exactly a good fit. And I, you know, and he just developed later. But I think he's finally coming on and living up to that hype. Um, him and Herbert seem to just have this amazing connection. Um, I mean, Mike Williams, fantasy-wise, uh, he's as good as it gets right now. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, he's finally just staying on the field. He had a history of like playing a game, having a big game, having a slow game, getting hurt. Just like a repeated cycle. It's good to see him staying on the field. Um, another guy who absolutely finally broke out for this year is uh, old Bobby Boske. Robbie Woods goes for 27 points, 14 targets. I mean, Tony, this is what we're looking for from Robert Woods. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting with the thick ticks. I mean, at times they look like they are the best. <laughs> it looks like they are the best team in the league. I mean, 213 points. You got Lamar Jackson. You got Lockett. You got Woods. You got DJ. I mean, DJ Moore and Williams. What a great uh, wide receiver combination, Rodgers. But the other side of things, Cordell Patterson, is he a reliable running back? That's what always interests me with this team is they also have – Patterson, who sometimes can be hit or miss. You got Jones and uh, and Rodgers now. He's looking a lot better. But it's such a hit or miss team because I feel like they could all at so easily be the number one team in the league. And they also could be where they're at right now, which is a 2-3 team that you don't know where they're going. Uh, Blake, you hitting the pipe over there? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, you heard that? (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, now we have a uh, triple matchup of the week this week. We're going to start it off. Who's Justice Beaver knocks off the number one team in the league, 185 to 162. This is a pretty highly contested matchup. Um, Real quick, I just want to note, though, who's Justice Beaver? Stefan Diggs has been quite a disappointment so far this season. Is this a product of Josh Allen being so good he can throw it to anybody? What's going on here, Tony? Well, I think you're seeing that he's distributed to a lot of people. I mean, Knox is having a big year, and I think that that's taken away from Diggs a little bit. Uh, The same goes for uh, Beasley as well. So you've seen that a couple weeks now where he's just not getting the, not getting the targets, but on the counter side of things, you finally saw Antonio Gibson get the touches uh, that, that I think who's just Beaver was looking at Uh, 20 carries, two touchdowns, finally a big game for him. Probably one of the main reasons that, that they ended up winning considering the quarterbacks uh, combined provided for uh, 26 points. And a pretty bad day for Darnold. Well, let's not let's not link the two together. Sam Darnold, two <laughs> points. I mean, I'm just gonna I'm gonna move right on past Sam Darnold. We're gonna give him a pass one time and 
and hopefully he shows up. But really, Johnny Taylor, I, the 78-yard touchdown to start the game or whatever it was, 32 points. Now that's the production we're looking for. And Hollywood Brown. I'm and Hollywood Brown. Forever um, unclean's opinion on that game today. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts finally gets into the end zone. All around a great game. Um, definitely was aided by the Russell Wilson injury. That's devastating for Devontae's Inferno, especially when he doesn't uh, get a, a backup quarterback in waivers because there's only one and he ain't getting them. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster is also out for the season. Uh, but uh, Mark Andrews tried to make it interesting last night, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, Mark Andrews kind of falls in an interesting category. Uh, we talked about Dalton Schultz earlier. We're consistently starting to get some good numbers. I'm curious. In this league, a lot of times tight ends don't fit uh, what you want in your starting lineup. But if those are guys going into next year and, and in the future that may have a small opportunity to to be valuable uh, valuable guys in the starting lineup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean – between the two tight ends who were played in this game, Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts, um, those those are numbers you want in your lineup. That is for sure. The next matchup, Nick Top, Greg Bottom, very disappointing week. Falls to the DeLongles, one hundred five to one eighty two. Uh, we know that this team starts with Kyler Murray, and he did not have a great week this week. Uh, well. Yeah, uh, Blake Bottles. I mean, what do you think about Kyler Murray? Uh, really, Najee Harris was the highest-scoring player for Nick Top Greg Bottom this week at 22 points. Uh, that's going to be tough to compete with the Longles if you only put up 105 points. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the DeLongles have uh, been a shockingly good team all year, and I think that's going to be reflected in the polls later. Um, Greg Top, Nick Bottom as I like to call them, um, you, you know, uh, I mean, Kyler Murray, I, I think collectively uh, 105 points is bad. They would, if they were playing the Oracle, they would have lost to, to them. Um, <laughs> but I think across the board, it was just um, almost like a perfect storm of just bad weeks for him. Uh, he has a lot of players that could, quote unquote, pop off and and uh, score a lot of points. And uh, a lot of the guys were uh, very limited. Uh, Brandon Cooks, um, you know, Kenneth Gainwell, three points. Uh, Derek Carr, you know, a bad week. Anytime you really have quarterbacks scoring below 20 points, especially one scoring below 10 points, you're really just not going to get it done. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, the DeLongles, 43 and a half points from Handsome and good at football, Josh Allen. That's his new tagline. He's handsome and good at football. Josh Allen is absolutely incredible, and he is definitely in the conversation for that number one quarterback spot. And Devontae Adams, dominant again this week, 16 targets, 206, and a touchdown. Yeah, that's uh, that's Rodgers' guy. He's having a big year. Uh, you're seeing a week in, week out. I think we said the last time I was on. The, the biggest question was going to be, does Aaron Rodgers want to win football games to the Packers? He does, and so Devontae Adams is is going to have a huge year. See it, 16 it, targets, 200 yards, a touchdown. It's ridiculous, especially against the Cincinnati really, team that appears to be pretty good. 
or at least what, decent. What really blows my mind is I watched a lot of that game on Sunday, and I was blown away how wide open Devontae Adams is way too often. I mean, he's the only guy who's a threat for Green Bay in the passing game, and he is just wide open constantly. It blows my mind. I, I agree. Uh, credit to credit to uh, Lafleur. I think he is a really good coach. I think that they're, you know, even after whatever happens with Aaron Rodgers, I think they're going to be a good team going forward because he's a good offensive coach. Well, that yeah, that is, remains to be seen. We'll see if he can get it done in the playoffs. And our our top dog main event matchup of the week. The longest yard squeaks out a victory, 168 to 161 over the Long Island Beasts. Another disappointing performance for the Long Island Beasts and Patrick Mahomes this week. That was probably the key matchup there, Mahomes against Brady, and Brady dominated that matchup. He really did. Um, And I I think um, it's almost a little telling. There was about a a seven-point whatever difference in score. Tom Brady had 48.74 points and Pat Mahomes had 17.98 points. Um, if they do that matchup, you know, 10, 10 times, 100 times, how many, you know, how many times is Pat Mahomes going to put up that few points and Tom Brady that high? Um, so I think that's really, really a key difference between the two teams. But, um, you know, I just look up and down and I mean both of these teams are pretty stacked I know Terry McLaurin um, 8.6 points you know um, Amari Cooper in that Cowboys offense there's just so many mouths to feed so at any given week um, you know uh, someone could maybe not not get all he had a touchdown but you know only three receptions Um, Devontae Parker didn't even play so uh, the longest yard kind of uh, you know caught a break there but um, you know it was, it didn't, it wasn't as high scoring as I thought, but uh, kind of two of the top dogs in the league. Um, it was a close game. Uh, I enjoyed watching it unfold. Yeah. I, uh, my, my uh, takeaway from this game is it's just another example of Tom Brady carrying his team to a victory. I mean, the, the coach left Devonte Parker in with a zero, didn't put in Gaskin. Could have been a huge issue there. And then you look on the other side of things, the Long Island Beasts. Unfortunately, Daniel Jones got knocked out halfway through the game. And then you got Mills, who had 31 points. So Tom Brady does it again, carries his team to victory. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting, too. The fact that Devontae Parker was out was probably the reason Miles Gaskin had the game that he had which is a, an interesting concept. He was not, he was very upset with Gaskin and I was, uh, I was kind of giggling to myself when I saw that he didn't have him in his lineup this week, but uh, he managed to pull out the victory anyway. And uh, we'll probably hold place in the AP rankings. Speaking of which, now that we're done with the week five breakdown, we are going to get into the AP rankings. I asked you guys to also come up with your own rankings, and I'd love to hear those. And we're going to start at number 12. Number 12 in the AP rankings this week is Austin, 316. Um, for, for, uh, for lack of a better term, just uh, poor managing so far this year for Austin, 316, um, and uh, deserves to be in the 12th spot this week. 
Uh, let's kick it over. Uh, Blake Bottles, who you got at number 12? Yeah, I had Austin 316, too. I think he's almost becoming a meme of the league, kind of um, sort of how Urban Myers is in the NFL. And it's fitting that the owner of that is also has connection to uh, the Florida Gators. But um, I just, you know, going into the draft, you look at the roster, you don't see a clear plan. Playing, not picking up guys, um, not even responding to trades that are rational, logical, good trades. Um, and, you know, there's um, not even putting guys that are injured and subbing them out. Um, you know, he his one main top pick, Dalvin Cook, he's had ample opportunities to try to get a hand his, uh, Cook's handcuff. And, you know, like uh, like Tony said earlier, you know, it, it seems like he doesn't even have the app downloaded. Uh, it's just a really <laughs> poor performance overall. Um, and, you know, he's in 12th by far. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm in agreement. Um, Tony, who you got at number 12? Austin 316. Uh, for the same reasons. For the same reasons. I think that they – he could be getting some more production out of his, uh, you know, feeling Brown rugs. But at the end of the day, a lot of the same reasons that uh, the Oracle provided, I put him in the same boat. I do give him credit. He's got Lawrence. Um, but when you look at that quarter quarterback position right now, it's nothing to be desired. I don't really see Tannehill as, as much more than a guy that hands the ball off to Henry. And sometimes, sometimes can get a productive play action play. Bridgewater, I, I don't even know if he'll have the job next year. So I don't really look at that as a great, great uh, quarterback spot. And at the end of the day, that's that's where you win. Whether it's fantasy football or if it's the NFL, the quarterback position is the most important spot. Yep. So consensus there. Austin three sixteen is at number twelve. In the AP rankings, number 11, I have the – well, I mean, the Associated Press has the Melonheads. Uh, disappointing performance. Had a chance to uh, be number 10 in the power rankings this week. Unfortunately, uh, pooped in his pants this week <laughs> against the Oracle. Uh, Tony, who you got at number 11? So, I will biasly say I have the Oracle – even though they beat the Melonheads, even though they're higher in the standings, simply for the fact that the Melonheads have scored more points in the Oracle. The other games of the year, they just completely shit the bed last week. So that's the only thing I'll say. I, I said it earlier, the running back position for the Melonheads has been a complete issue. They made the trade for Jordan Love, potentially opening up the door to draft a running back. In the first round, that might be their top pick because that seems to be the biggest hole. So I do have the Oracle, but they won fair and square. Well, I can say that expert consensus rankings do have the Melonheads above the Oracle uh, rest of season. But the Associated Press and you yourself um, differ there. So uh, Blake Bottles, who you got at number 11? Yeah, well... I'm going to have to agree with the experts because I myself am an expert. Um, I have the Oracle at number 11. And it's really the simple fact that, um, um, you know, the Melonheads are 0-5. And even though the Oracle just beat the Melonheads, it was, you know, let's be honest, it was an upset. 
Uh, the Melonheads had a uh, they had a a girth of draft picks, and they really cashed them in for a lot of intriguing young pieces. You look at Devonte Smith. Um, you look at Elijah Moore, Lavisca Chenault. Um, you know Javante Williams. Some good players. The the Oracle really has. Um, you know they're they're about a year or so out. Um, they have some interesting pieces, and as we've seen, they can boom anytime. Um, but but they really they don't have the pure talent yet that the Melon Heads have. So for that simple reason, I have the Oracle at eleven. Okay, so you guys do differ rest of season from AP. That makes sense. Number ten in the AP rankings is the Oracle, and I'm sure we're both going to have the Melon Heads here at number ten. Correct. Okay, we've already talked about them, so we don't need to uh, go into it anymore. I know we, we don't have a ton of time here because uh, go Giants tonight, am I right? Hell yeah, hell yeah. Okay, number nine in the AP rankings is Forever on Clean. Uh, unfortunate fall for the Forever on Clean despite the victory this week. Just uh, just not getting it done in the win column um, and head-to-head matchups, uh, the teams above him have won those matchups. So despite having, uh, you know, being high up there in the total points scored, he is number nine in the AP rankings. Blake Bottles, who you got number nine? Coming in at number nine, I have the Etlians. Um, You know, three and two record. I feel like that's a little fluky. You look at the, uh, you look at the lineup. There's just not a whole lot there. There wasn't a whole lot there to begin with. And due to, um, ownership uh there's even less than to start the season um i just don't see the the firepower or really anybody producing consistent enough points to get wins against the good teams for the rest of the year so i had them at number nine well he did hand who's justice beaver his only loss but we'll get to that later uh tony who you got number nine I got the Atlans for a lot of the reasons that uh, that were stated. Uh, I do. I'll give them some credit. They got Burrow, and they have, uh, you know, Eckler and Lamb are are some good uh, good solid skills positions. But as okay, I was man. mentioned, their owner their owner doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So <laughs> you know, he's got to be in that in that number nine spot. Well, as an unbiased podcast host, I will not divulge on those comments. Um, those comments do not reflect the KOLL podcast and all of the properties. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight in the AP ranking is the Thick Dicks. Uh, again, another strong performance from him this week, but still uh, the record is not there for him to climb any higher in the in the AP side of the rankings. Um, so the Thick Dicks, a strong team, but our number eight currently in the AP rankings. Tony Romo, Arigato, Mr. Robato, who you got at number eight? I actually have Nick, Nick Top, uh, Greg Bottom. Uh, they've been a solid team, but, but the difference, I think, is, you know, the Thick Dicks have had some injuries. They're also missing Christian McCaffrey, which has caused, caused some issues. And then when I look at Nick Top, Greg Bottom, you know, with McKissick starting, uh Allen in uh on the Chargers not being the number one guy anymore 
Gainwell having the start. Who knows what's going on with Carr, especially with everything going on with John Gruden. Who the hell knows if that team's even going to be – I mean, they could just be in disarray. I mean, I I have some serious question marks, whereas I feel like the Thick Dicks, they've been losing games. It's similar to Forever Unclean, where they've been scoring a lot of points, but they've been losing games. So that's why I stick uh, Nick Top, Greg. Fair assessment. Blake Bottles, you got number eight. Yeah, this is where I differ with Tony – our regatto, Mr. Roberto. And uh, I'm going to put the thick dicks here. I'm going to agree with the AP poll. And it's really, um, I had them a lot higher previously, I believe. Um, and they, they made a few questionable trades, which um, I've already dove into and probably will in the future again. Um, really gutted their depth. Um, you know, they went off this week, 213 points. But um, as was stated earlier, I mean, it's really a hit or miss team. Um, you know, when when everyone collectively hits, uh, you, you see it good. But um, looking at certain players, like Bobby tried fucking me for this one. Um, Russell Wilson's <laughs> gone, so um, I mean his his value plummets. Um, I'm gonna show you my wood has had a big week this past week, but really didn't you know throughout the season. And I think going into the future, um, I think this week was a little outlier and. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna get a chubba. Um, I, <laughs> I have nothing bad to say about him. I just wanted to say that. But yeah, I have that number, <laughs> number eight. Okay, number seven in the AP poll is the Atlians. Um, I I agree with you as a podcast host and as a fantasy expert that uh, he is definitely a questionable manager. Uh, he showed that last year as well, but somehow managed to squeak into the playoffs. So I'm not sleeping on the Etlians. Uh, they did. Uh, they do have a couple of big victories already this year. Um, so number seven in the AP poll, I have the Etlians. Uh, Blake Bottle. So you got number seven. I have Greg Top, Nick Bottom, um, and I just think um, again, I have them a little lower than I originally had them as the number one team. Um, I think their depth has kind of been depleted or certain guys that um, they might they were counting on didn't necessarily pan out. But you have Najee Harris, you have Kyler Murray, um, Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson. That's a solid core. Um, and just those players alone can have them in any game at every, any given week. Absolutely. Number seven for you, Tony Romo. I have forever unclean. Uh, it concerns me about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The fact that there is with Claypool, with uh, Mixon, with um, Herbert, who we talked about earlier. They have a really solid team, Metcalf. Um, the biggest concerns, though, going forward is Baker Mayfield. I think we talked about last time. Is Baker going to be consistent, or is he going to struggle to put up big points? And then uh, the other guy was uh, Robbie Anderson that we talked about. I mean, those are guys that they're going to count on. And if they can't provide, you know, double digit or more points, that's, that's going to be a, a big hurdle. But I think he's gone like three straight games scoring 175 or more. And he's gone like one and three. So I don't think the record really tells the story when it comes to forever unclean. 
I agree with that. Now we're going to move up to number six. These are the current playoff teams right here. The top six, the cream of the crop, and number six in the AP poll is Nick Top, Greg Bottom. He is sliding down, definitely a uh, bad loss this week. Uh, not, not a bad loss to the team he lost to, but a bad loss in terms of performance. And that definitely has him sliding down the rankings a little bit. Blake Bottles, who you got number six? Uh, number six, I have Forever and Clean. Um, this seems to be a common theme with this owner throughout the, the years that I have seen them operate a team. Um, they're always good enough. Um, you know, I, I think a bright mind behind the scenes, good enough to draft, uh, you know, good players, um, does their due diligence, does their research, but uh, they're just inactive um, and they don't make many moves. And I really see them as that number six team making it to the playoffs and then losing first round. And it's really um, it's become a common theme, um, whether they make it to the first round or the second round or whatever. Um, they just don't have what it takes to win the championship. And it's because of their uh, their lack of moves. Um, it, there's just especially football, any sport, but especially football because of all the injuries. It's such a game of depth and you could have a really good starting few players um but you know there's a good chance that someone on your team some key player is going to get injured at least for a week or two and you really need depth to be able to consistently win and they just don't have it yeah especially in this league the super duper flex as i call it depth is going to be increasingly important as we get deeper into this season Tony Romo Arigato, Mr. Obato, who you got at number six? I have the fifth dicks. I mean, while they while they concern me very much in the next coming years when it comes to the fact that who knows what's gonna happen with Patterson. You know, is Henderson gonna be splitting carries with Acres? Is Aaron Rodgers gonna be playing? Is Ben Rodgersberger gonna be playing? I don't think they're built for the future, but when it comes to right now, uh, this is a team that put up 213 points without uh, Christian McCaffrey playing. Uh, they're very capable. And and honestly, I think there are some uh, guys that are – you got Williams, you got Moore, uh, who I'm really high on, and you got Lamar Jackson, who whatever you think of the guy, he, he puts up big, big fantasy points. So uh, that's who I have at number six. Fair enough. So now we're getting into the top five and the top five. We all have the same top five. Just don't know what order. These are, I think, the legitimate title contenders this year. And starting off there with number five is the Long Island Beasts. Uh, disappointing loss this week, but has been the highest scoring team, I believe, twice already this season. Um, uh, an impressive team, but he's got to pick up these big victories. Blake Bottles, who you got at number five? Yeah. The top five was very tough uh, for me, um, and the, the team I put in fifth, I, it really hurts me to do this, but I'm going to have to put Devontae's Inferno. Um, first off, I want to say this manager probably will not be listening to the podcast, but um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, give him, I give him so much props. Last year was my first year in a league with him, and uh, he made it to the championship game, did not send a single message in the group chat, did not talk. Um, you know, he, he's still without having really like rapport with other managers and, um, he, behind the scenes made some key moves and he's done it again this year. 
Um, and I think he will continue to do again, especially with that quarterback position and make key moves and good moves. Um, he drafted incredibly well and I was a little critical of his draft, but you know, um, even though I am an expert, I am sometimes wrong and I unfairly judged him. I think his team's phenomenal, but there's that Russell Wilson injury. Um, I think that's, that's a huge injury and that's the only reason I have him at number five and he will return sometime this year, but then Russell Wilson, the end of the season, maybe it's an ignorant assumption, but you know, for the last few years, he's really, you know, not played too well down the stretch. Uh, and that's important in fantasy for the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I have him not number five, even though it pains me. I call the Devante's Inferno the silent assassin because he doesn't say anything. He's not on the podcast. Like you said, he's probably not listening to the podcast, but he just wins. And uh, he's done it so far this year. Unfortunately, did take a big loss this week. Tony Romo, Arigato, Mr. Roboto. I might shorten your name. Who is number five in your rankings? I agree. Devontae's Inferno. Uh, the biggest thing that separates them from uh, the top four for me is the fact that while they do have Wilson, they do have Henry, they do have Hopkins. My concern is Gordon. My concern is Davis to a degree. My concern is A.J. Green. I just don't think they're people that consistently can produce in a fantasy setting. And, and that's the big takeaway. I mean, if, you know, you're going to get 41 points from Mark Andrews, sure. They're going to win. They're going to win or they're going to be close. And the same with Hopkins and the same with Wilson. But if you're in a situation where you don't get a huge game from those guys and you're going to rely on points from Gordon, I don't think you're going to get it. He's splitting carries. A.J. Green is an A.J. Green. Uh, you know, even Kirk Cousins. I mean, that's not a team that's getting huge yards on the in the air right now. Yep, agreed. So you both have Devontae's Inferno at number five. Number four in the AP poll this week is the longest yard. They were preseason number one, held that spot for a while, uh, are battling their way back after a tough loss last week. But the, the, I think the three teams ahead of them in the AP poll uh, have looked really strong over the past few weeks, so they are ahead of him. Uh, Tony Romo, who you have at number four? So I hope uh, my connection doesn't get cut off. I have uh, Who's Justice Beaver, so hopefully I don't get kicked <laughs> off the podcast on that one. Um, I like them as a team. I just I have some concerns, uh, and that's really the, the biggest takeaway. I mean, it's been said plenty of times this season, what's going on with Gibson? He had a big game against uh, New Orleans, but he hasn't been seeing as many carries as you'd think. We talked about Diggs earlier. Josh Allen's hitting everyone up. You know, is that going to take away from some of the points that he has week in and week out? Um, and then Sam Darnold to a degree. He started to look like the Sam Darnold of uh, of the past against the Eagles, a couple pretty bad passes. So those are the big three takeaways for me that, that concern me, that if those things happen in a playoff setting, they're, they're going to be in trouble. I just got a phone call from Who's Justice Beaver. He says, "Eat shit." I don't. I don't know what happened. Blake <laughs> uh, Bottles, you got number four. Yeah, uh, number four of the longest yard. Um, beginning of the season, I had them, uh, you know, very, very high up in my rankings. Um, I think his team has been lackluster. Um, 
considering the hype, considering the hype, obviously he's still, I have him as the number four team. That's very high up there. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of big names on that team, um, but it, they're not all producing at the levels that they thought. have some concerns about that. I have some concerns about the depth. Um, I, I think, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I just think the other three teams also were just were just better. I was I was more impressed. I I think the longest yard has a move or two that still needs to make to guarantee a uh, you know a spot in that championship. Fair enough. And number three in the AP poll, a little higher than your rest of season rankings, is Devontae's Inferno. They were number one last week, so the loss does knock them down a little bit. But they're holding the number three spot in the AP poll. Again, a strong team uh, could could really collapse here. Only having one startable quarterback going forward. We will see. Number three, Devontae's Inferno. Blake Bottles, who you got at number three? I have the Long Island Beast at number three. Uh, and listen, this is the team that I drastically underestimated at the beginning. Um, if the owner is listening, and I believe he does listen to the podcast, I would like to apologize. I'm an asshole. I'm stupid. Your team's good. I'm uh, cheering for you, too. But not too hard, because I do have your first-round pick. But um, <laughs> I, I'm looking like, um, you know, Daniel Jones' injury and just his – Lack of track record is a little concerning. Uh, Davis Mills, I believe, like a two or three dollar pickup off the waiver wire could turn into, especially against like a weak uh, divisional opponents down the stretch, could turn into a, a viable, consistent quarterback. Um, but I just look at the depth, like you know Zeke. Um, I, I know some people were saying he was washed up, but like he clearly still has it. DeAndre Swift and Terry McLaurin, that was a phenomenal trade um, that player made. Um, and you just look down Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, obviously Jamison Crowder, PPR God, um, you know, Cole Beasley, he, he had a rough week last week, but it, again, throughout the season, the targets have been there. It's just, you know, it's, it doesn't have the depth as the first two teams, but it has the firepower. And as long as they're healthy, uh, they're going to be a serious threat for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Tony, who's number three? I actually have uh, the longest yard, and I will say, breaking news, I did just get a text from the Melonheads owner that suggested to the uh, if the longest yard forgets to pl- not take a player out that's out for the week, maybe Alvin Kamara should be up for grabs, just throwing that thing out there. I mean, that's, that's happened about three or four times this year. Um, but Amen. In, all in all seriousness, I mean, a team led by Tom Brady – it looks like the goat. You got Kamara. They're a really solid team, but they do have some problems lower down the roster. Um, some guys that that haven't produced as much, which I see depth wise, it's been a problem. Um, but the additional Ridley, it'll be interesting to see how that how that helps out. He made that trade. His team was kind of on a bumpy road. He made a big trade, giving up Higgins and Love. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, Ridley kind of keeps him in that top spot or so. Yep, yet to break out for Calvin Ridley. Number two in the AP poll, who's Justice Beaver? Um, a huge win this week uh, against the previous number one, but there are some ailments, certainly. Uh, uh, he made a trade for Odell Beckham Jr. That has not panned out. 
Amon Ross St. Brown being on the bench, though, might he's really starting to pit, rack up targets here and could complete who's Justice Bieber's team. That'll be very interesting to see. But number two for the AP poll is who's Justice Bieber. Tony, who you got number two? I have the Long Island Long Island Beasts. Uh, I really like this team. They got, you know, between Mahomes, Elliott, Swift, um, Kelsey, and then, you know, a guy who I think we talked about it earlier, the the depth that the receiver, the guy I think is the best Cowboys receiver, whether or not he's getting the, all the targets right now is Cooper. So I think he's pretty set there. My biggest concern going forward with him is Daniel Jones. He looked really good going into that Cowboys game. He got a concussion, unfortunately for him, and uh, he was out the second half. Going forward, what's that gonna, what's that gonna look like? That's the biggest thing because you know Mills. Who knows? One game he's gonna get thirty-one points. The, the next game he's probably gonna get like negative ten points. I mean that's just the way it is when you got a young guy like that. So that's gonna be a, a big thing for him that second quarterback spot and uh, the consistency he gets out of that. That is a big turning point for a lot of teams in the league. That's for sure. Blake Bottles, who you got number two? Um, I have the DeLongles number two. Um, wow. It's been, it's been said before, and I'll say it again. Uh, Josh Josh Allen is a handsome man that's good at football. Uh, the DeLongles nailed the draft. Um, they've scored – I think the most are just a shitload of points thus far um, has surprisingly solid depth with some rookie, uh, some, some good rookies. And, you know, um, I think as possible injuries to either players on his team or teams that some of uh, those rookies are on like a Terrence Marshall or something stack up. I think those guys down the stretch, uh, you know, could come on and be a, be a big asset to him coming off his bench. That's fair. I'll be honest. That shocked me. I thought we were going to have a consensus number one because number one in the AP poll is the DeLongles. Uh, Back-to-back weeks, the highest scoring team in the league, the highest scoring team on the season, and really just has been had just outstanding, incredible performances up and down his lineup. So we'll save uh, Blake for last because I know that Tony also has the DeLongles number one. I do. I do. I think the, the, the longos right now are a buzzsaw. Uh, you got Ryan and, and Allen who are more than solid. I mean, obviously Allen right now looks like he's could be the MVP of the league, but I mean, you even look at what they did last week getting 182 points and yeah, they had a couple guys that, that did a little better than what you'd expect. But when you look at an Adams, I mean, he's the top target. You expect a big game. And then you see a, a Saquon Barkley who gets hurt early in the game and provides 0.9 points, and they still are getting 182. I mean, they could have gotten so much more from him. Uh, Waller really didn't do a lot this week. And uh, the same goes for Edmonds. And they still just took care of business. So, I, I think they right now to me are the scariest team in the league, especially if there's that that week that everyone has a big game. Eh, you don't have a chance. I mean, no one to me right now is is close to having a chance if they hit on all cylinders. But that's a tough thing to do. We're gonna find out this week. Okay, so <laughs> he he agrees with the AP who is number one, but really Blake Bottles. I mean, tell the people who's number one. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. If you guys don't mind, I'm going to go off on a little rant here. Um, I'm going to forget about time and just do my thing. Um, number one, I had Who's Justice Beaver. And uh, I want to start off. Hold on one second. Here. One second. Let me go get my chocolate syrup. I need to make it rain. <laughs> can, I just ask, no, go ahead. Into it, can I just ask a question? Is next year's draft picks based on who uh, kisses up to the commissioner? I'm, I just want to make sure I understand <laughs> because I might have to change my rankings real quick. <laughs> because I think Who's Justice Beaver is great. They are awesome. They might be the best team in the league. I agree. Um, and really, I mean, I did not. So I, I get the jokes and everything like that. Um, and this wasn't the first time I've praised the manager. Um, and I don't want to do it. And, like, I did not want to rank him first. But I was thinking about not only thus far, but going into the future. Um, and I just really <laughs> – this comes into more ass-kissing – um, I, I respect the owner. I think he's very savvy. I think he makes great moves. Um, just, just a small little move that went under the radar, picked up Je- Jeff Wilson, comes back in November, um, an integral part of one of the best rushing attacks in football in the 49ers. Uh, their system's just phenomenal with running. And that was, that was a move that I don't think any other owner would have even thought to make. Um, and he, he did that. He's just constantly thinking ahead. Um, you know, four and one record. I think um, if I were to place my bets on any manager, it would be him. But um, just diving into it more, um, I don't think his team has performed to its potential yet, which, um, you know, everyone has their luck. The Etlians are three and two somehow. Um, they have a better record than Forever Unclean, who clearly has the much better team. Um, you, you know, the, the season is still yet to unfold, but they are just so deep. Um, like Nick Chubb is just a phenomenal running back. Antonio Gibson has not gotten the volume, but like I said, I, I think who's justice Beaver has not even close to hit their potential yet. Um, Antonio Gibson's, I think as the season goes on, continue, will continue to see the volume more and more than has, he's going to come on Stefan Diggs hasn't done anything yet. And it's really the NFL is a league of adjustments. The Buffalo Bills, I mean, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, like that was the main connection last year. Teams obviously have caught up to that, and the Bills have readjusted to that, and they have been thrown to everybody but him. Um, teams will adjust to that, and they're going to have to cover Dawson Knox more. They're going to have to, you know, cover whoever. And Stefan Diggs, that's, it's going to open up. He's going to get more single coverage as the season unfolds. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I just want to talk about the Colts real quick. Because I know Carson Wentz receives all types of bad reviews from Philly, whatever. Um, Paris Campbell, nobody gives a shit about him. But uh, the Colts the past two weeks have come on strong. Carson Wentz is going to consistently put up 20-plus points. Paris Campbell is going to become an integral part of that offense. And Jonathan Allen, the touches, the volume's always going to be there, but it's the production. It's the rest of the offense having to deal with a Carson Wentz spreading the ball around, especially to guys like Paris Campbell. That opens up so much for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, 32 points this past week. I expect very similar things to him. Um, Odell Beckham, dumb, dumb trade. I said it then, I'll say it now. Uh, I think his team is so good that it doesn't even matter. Um, Lamar Jackson's having a great year. Um, Hollywood Brown's really coming into his own. Kyle Pitts, a tremendous tight end. Um, you know, Obviously, I haven't even talked about Dak Prescott, who is an elite quarterback. And you go down the list and you just look at all these these rookies who um, – or Jamal Williams, 
of players. I mean, they just have so much depth, and it's just it's, it's a good team that is going to um, carry him to a championship. I I just drank in all of that, and um, <clears throat> I I I love I love your rankings. Um, number two Can against just... number one. Number two against number one in the rankings. Take go head to head this week. That'll be a very interesting matchup. For sure. Thank you, gentlemen, for hitting me with your rankings. That was fun. Um, now, just want to – we started this a little bit in the group chat on Sleeper this afternoon and last night, I guess. <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Where are we ranking Lamar Jackson in terms of a top 10 quarterback rankings? I want to hear from you guys. I'm just going to start it off real quick and tell you that I have him at number eight. I ranked – I ranked the top 12 quarterbacks in the NFL and I have him at number eight, uh, Blake bottles. What do you, where do you got Lamar Jackson? Yeah. So I'm going to be honest. I didn't come up with rankings at all. Um, but <laughs> I, I did. I think Lamar Jackson's an interesting case. Um, I love talking about this. Um, I, I have several friends who are um, Orioles fans who subsequently are Baltimore Ravens fans and ride Lamar's dick. Um, I don't get like I think he has um, you watch him and he's obviously an incredibly dynamic athlete, probably one of the best uh, scrambling quarterbacks the league has, you know, ever seen outside of, you know, Mike Vick or whatever. But I just want to read a quick little analysis that I wrote up here last year. So we're talking about 2020. Um, This is excluding the year so far, obviously. But last year, the Ravens offense led the league in RPO passes second in the league in play-action passes, third in the NFL in pocket time, 30th in times hurried, and dead last in the league in pass attempts, which basically means that they ran the ball a shitload of times, the majority of the time they were running, and when they weren't, they were doing play-action, RPO passes, and when Lamar actually did sit back in the pocket, he had more time than pretty much any other quarterback. Um, and all that does is the, the amount of running opens up all those pass lanes for him. And when the run gets, when the run gets shut down, which is very rare, but when it does, and Lamar Jackson throws the ball more than 25 times in a game, which again is very rare. He has a 55% win percentage and an 86.2 passer rating, which is below league average. But when they throw the ball less than 25 times, that win percentage jumps up to 92% and he has a 108 passer rating. Also, last year, he was 17th in the league in bad pass percentage, which isn't good. Um, so having said all those things, I think um, to the extent that um, running the ball, which, again, that's, it's not always a given. He's one injury away from never having the athleticism he has now. Um, I, I, don't, I don't buy his arm. He makes a lot of bad throws. Um, so I, I guess if I did have to make a ranking, it would maybe be 10th just because of that running factor. Um, you take that away, and I think he's not a very good quarterback at all, uh, kind of if you peel back the numbers. He's in a perfect system, and I think he has some of the intangibles, like the intelligence and stuff, to be able to you know, read defenses and make quick decisions and not you know, limit turnovers and be pretty efficient. Um, but, yeah, I don't think he's anywhere near like the elite quarterbacks of the league. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I would like to respond to that if you don't mind. I just want to just quick, and I mean, this could be recency bias. It absolutely could be. 37 of 43 last night, dropping back to pass. Um, The reason that I am high on Lamar Jackson, and I agree with you, I think he's one injury away from being Robert Griffin III. 
One reason I love Lamar Jackson, as long as he can stay healthy, is he makes the guys around him better. And I watched him put his team on his back two weeks in a row and will his team to victories. He makes the guys around him better. And you saw in the second half yesterday where they came out real lackluster, real slow, not looking good. And when Lamar Jackson turned it on, so did everybody else. That's what makes a great quarterback, and that's why I think Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback. Um, I have him. I have him ahead of Matthew Stafford in, in my rankings, just for a point of reference. Tony Romo, Arigato, Mister Roboto, tell me about Lamar Jackson. Well, I'd just like to start by saying I'd like to circle back real quick that if our draft rankings truly are about how nice we are with the commissioner, he's a wonderful guy. And a hell of a picker. But then I will get back to Lamar Jackson. I just wanted to put that out there. That's the Melonhead <laughs> stance on uh, the commissioner. He's a wonderful guy. Uh, much better than Roger Goodell. But uh, <laughs> but as far as Lam- Lamar Jackson's concerned, I have him right in that, like, 10 range. If the cutoff is 10, I'm I'm not sure. The one thing I'll say, I don't, I don't have a ton of stats like the Oracle had. But I will say that... We are at a different point now where almost all quarterbacks are providing good completion percentages, are providing big pat, big stats on the air. You know, the, the plays that stick out to me are the, play, the pass to Hollywood Brown yesterday that he missed. Um, and it seems to happen a lot with, with Jackson. You know, I think that he has moments where he can be a great quarterback, And, but he also has moments where he doesn't, and he's had some issues with the, in the playoff games, he's had issues with the, with uh, accuracy and, and that's what sticks out for me. And right now, if I was going to rank 10 quarterbacks that I was going to pick in a playoff game that I had to win, I probably wouldn't have Jackson in there. Um, And I will tell you, I will tell you the 10 that I would have um, for you guys to judge. And it would be Dak, Herbert, Mahomes, Brady, Rogers, Murray, Allen, Stafford, Watson, and Wilson. And and I I would take those ten right now if you told me I had to win one playoff game right now before Lamar Jackson. Because all of them, I'm more confident in in them the pass right now. And the NFL is such a pass heavy league. So um I don't consider Watson in any kind of rankings because as far as I'm concerned, he no longer exists until he shows back up. If he shows back up, we'll see. To be fair, that's why I put him in that. I said right off the bat, he's in that 10 or so range because I don't think he – it's not like I rank him number 20, but at the same time, he's right in that mix where if you're considering Watson, I put him there. But to be honest with you, and stats-wise – and this is a guy I brought up the last time I was not there that I do not think is an NFL quarterback. And this is going to be a hot take. His stats are not that different than Jalen Hurts. Running-wise, they have about the same yards. They have the same touchdowns. They have the same interceptions. And they have the same completion percentage. So that's where I have issues with Jackson. Is Okay, he's, he's great. He does a lot of great things. But statistically, where does he stand? I mean, we talked about Ryan. We talked about Stafford, who, if you're talking about throwing, yeah, Ryan hasn't been great in a couple of years, but the team stinks. Stafford was with the Lions. I mean, you know, he goes to the Rams. He's great. If, if Matt Ryan was on 
I don't know, put him on the Cowboys. Are we talking about a guy that's in the same boat as what we consider uh, one of these older guys that have been really successful? No. I mean, he was the MVP the last time. The last time he was on a good team, Matt Ryan was the MVP. Oh, I I don't feel the same way about Matt Ryan. Uh, I but, what, but, but here's my question: Where's the issue with Ryan? The last time he was on a good team, he was the MVP. His stats have stood up. It's so, age thing. It's age. Matt Matt Ryan in his prime, one hundred percent. I'd rather have him than Lamar Jackson right now. However, I would much rather have twenty twenty one Lamar Jackson than twenty twenty Lamar Jackson, which I know that Blake Bottles had a lot of last year stuff. I mean, guys are I different. I mean, look, so so the, I don't. Does the view of Lamar Jackson change if you said you had one more year, or is it Lamar Jackson's a young guy? Like if this was think, this is the last season of the NFL, you got to win a Super Bowl right now. This year, I would rather have Lamar Jackson than Matt Ryan, one hundred percent. So, could I chime in real quick? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with Bobby for similar but slightly different reasons. Um, I mean, the the Falcons, their coaching, their defense, uh, their everything is atrocious. And I know it's easy, like, making the transition from, like, talking baseball to talking football, where, like, baseball, there's just – everything's an independent variable. So you can look at a guy's batting average. You could look at his home runs, and he controls all of that. Uh, so you can draw conclusions just purely based off statistics. Um, football, it's so much more challenging to have these conversations and to, like, unanimously agree upon things because there's just so many other variables – um, when you, you have a bad defense, um, I mean, Russell Wilson, just like with the whole Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch, he, I thought, I always thought he was anointed elite quarterback status, which I would label him now, but he was anointed that way too soon. He would throw the ball like 15, 20 times a game, put up decent numbers, put up efficient stats. Um, but it's really that defense, uh, would just sh- shut them down. And, t- uh, that offense, the time they would always win time of possession battles, uh, Marshawn, whatever. Um, and and I think that's the case with Lamar Jackson. Matt Ryan, the Falcons, uh, they have some good weapons, but their offensive line and running game is atrocious. Um, like I said, the Ravens have had the number one uh, rushing attack for the last however many years. Uh, last last night, they it was the first time in 44 games where they did not rush for more than 100 yards. That opens up so many things for Lamar Jackson. So like while Lamar Jackson had that high completion percentage yesterday, you look at that and the Colts got off to a big lead and they played more of a present uh, prevent zone defense. And Lamar Jackson just threw the ball under for three to five yards. Um, I don't have his, unfortunately I don't have his completion percentage and even attempts over 20 yards, but they're pretty much slim to none unless it's a wide open Hollywood Brown, which again, teams are stacking eight in the box. Hollywood Brown's an incredibly fast guy. He gets single coverage. He beats him. Anybody can make that throw to him. Um, I, I think Lamar Jackson greatly benefits from the system he's in. Uh, the Ravens have a good defense. They have incredible coaching. They have an incredible system that plays to his strengths. And he's in the best possible place where he can succeed. Let me narrow this down for you really quick. Let's jump to the second half of last night's football game. You put Matt Ryan on the Ravens. Do the Ravens win that game? I think any quarterback could have sat back there uh, no. to prevent defense. No. Go yeah, watch. I, I, Uncle Rico could have won that football game. The whole time, running around like a nut. 
There's no way. I would have no taken Brucey okay, from the longest okay, yard. If if you're 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 basing it off of the second half. If Matt Ryan was on the Ravens in the first half, Matt Ryan hits that pass to to Hollywood Brown, and Matt Does Ryan he? hits passes. Yes, he hits that. I mean, that was a five yard out route that he couldn't hit to Hollywood Brown. He had and, a very and, I mean, one and that's the problem. Before. He's a whole package. He's a whole package. Quarterbacks Where, miss. It happens. I've seen Aaron Rodgers miss. It happens. Not as consistently as Lamar Jackson, though. 37 of 43. 17th but, in, the, but, in the league Ramsey, last year in bad pass percentage. I think it's even lower also, than that this year. He's also currently, I just looked up, he's currently number 12 in the NFL for completion percentage. And five of those guys are over 70%. Who is he throwing to? Who Completion percentage is out the window now. Everyone completes passes. I mean, it's, it's the completion percentages of what we looked at 10 years ago are so different than that. Well, don't tell that to Trevor Lawrence. Well, 10 years ago, <laughs> if the guy had over 60%, it was impressive. Now, if you, if you don't have 60%, you suck. And who's he got to throw to? I mean, he's got... He does have some guys. He's got Andrews. He's got Brown. He's got uh, Watkins, who, granted, he's been around the, the world. Watkins. A, okay, he doesn't have the guys. But who does – who does – okay, to go back to Ryan. Who's Ryan throwing to? Because he wasn't throwing to Ridley. All he had oh. to throw to this week was Pitts. He also played the Jets. I, I, and And – Lamar Jackson played the Colts, who are one in four, and they had several good, injuries good defense, in their secondary. Though. And the only team, the only team the Colts look any good against, were a Dolphins team that. I mean, come on, the, the Colts Tua. almost beat the Colts almost beat the Rams. Yeah, should have beat exactly. the Ravens last night. The Colts are a good team, but again, their their secondary their secondary was thin to begin with, and as the game went on, I mean, the Colts' pass rush is atrocious. Lamar Jackson was sitting back there with all day to throw, which is why I said any, any quarterback could have made, made that comeback last night. He, he had all day to throw, but there was several injuries during the game, which is why that game, the, the flip switch, cool. plus the, Colt, the, the Ravens adjusted to the Colts' defense very well. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I give Lamar his props, but like that last night, like other quarterbacks could do that doesn't move the needle for me at all. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, I, I, I think to me, it's, I think he's not great. I just think there's a lot of great quarterbacks. And because of that, he kind of falls in that category of about 10. I mean, I, I just, I don't want to, I, mean, I don't want about whether I mean, or not we I should mean, have Deshaun Watson in the conversation to get him into the top 10. We're really not that far off. Like I said, if you guys are saying 10, I'm saying 8. I just think that your, your 10 sounds way worse than my 8. So, I don't know. I think Lamar Jackson's great. I don't think there are many quarterbacks who could have done what he did last night. Um, I, I think we all just agree. What I saw, and I'll be honest. I did not see the first three quarters. I did not. All I saw was the fourth quarter. <laughs> I and think I we do all not agree. The only thing I'll say is I think that – and maybe I'll speak out of turn. I think that there's a big difference between what you would put your top five and where you put Lamar Jackson. He might be yeah, eight, sure. he might be sure. ten, but but it's worlds different because if you talk about that game last night and you talk about a Mahomes, a Brady, a Rogers, a Dak, uh, whoever you know, whoever your fifth guy is, 
it's much different. I mean, we're we're kind of splitting hairs here on number eight to number ten, but but he's not at that level. He's he's in that second tier, wherever you want to put him. All right, let's finish it off. Who's the best quarterback in the NFL? I still have to go Pat Mahomes. Um, I know, I know they struggled a bit, but you know I just too much of a track record. Um, I know Josh Allen has you know a few down weeks and stuff like that. I I think the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are also trying to have more of like a balanced attack. Um, I, I still have Pat Mahomes, but it's very close, and I could definitely I would not die on that hill. Tony, who's the best quarterback in the NFL? Tom Brady. I, oh, I would go. I would go with Brady. That's who I would go with today. I would go with him. I mean, he's he's the MVP so far. He he, he is. But I think there's a lot of guys that are a lot closer than they've been. To make an analogy to the other sport, it's kind of like the difference between the first time when Tiger Woods was great versus his comeback when it became a lot more competitive. And I feel like you got like five guys now that are closer to Brady, whereas five years ago you had like him and Peyton Manning. So I think that there's four or five guys that are pretty close to Tom, but yeah. I still think okay. he's the best. Fair enough. And I just want to, I just want to make a note that um, it's 2021 and we live in the moment. And I think the best quarterback in the NFL in 2021 is Justin Herbert. So, uh, so we all think differently <laughs> on who the best quarterback in the NFL is. And I can appreciate that. Yeah. And one thing I can say for sure is that the best tight end in the NFL is uh, Zach Ertz. And a shout out to the Atlans for that one. And the best, <laughs> the best wide receiver is Paris Campbell. Come, come up for a second round pick. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, an hour and 16 minutes. This was the whole show. So I'll consider you guest hosts on this one. <laughs> All right. It's been a pleasure, guys. Definitely. All right, have boys. To do it again, boys. Certainly. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's it. This is the end of the show. Turn it off now. Hey guys, it's over. Turn it off. 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 Bye.